98K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, a primary school in Shartin is closed after a teacher tests preliminary positive for COVID-19. An infectious disease expert urges Taipo residents to hunker down for a few weeks after a cluster of COVID cases there. And the government says there's no guarantee that Cathay Pacific will get the aviation rights previously owned by Cathay Dragon. A primary school in Shartin has closed its campus and cancelled all classes for at least two days after a teacher there tested preliminary positive for COVID-19. Tom McElindon reports. The teacher at the SKH Holy Spirit Primary School is the wife of a 50-year-old Thai Po man who's been confirmed to have the virus. The man was one of three locally acquired infections reported yesterday which did not have a known source of infection. In an online notice, the school said all teachers were working from home today and it was arranging for them to be tested for the virus. It said it had notified the parents of children who recently left the school after they came in contact with the teacher along with the heads of their secondary schools. The primary school said it was awaiting instructions from the Centre for Health Protection over its class suspension and testing for staff, as well as who should be listed as close contacts of the teacher. Sources say Hong Kong is expected to record another six new cases today, with all of the infections believed to have taken place outside the territory. An infectious disease expert has urged Taipo residents to minimise social activities and avoid dining out after the district saw a number of untraceable coronavirus infections. There were nine COVID-19 cases in Taipo in the past week, seven linked to a hotel staycation on Lantau last month. The Medical Association's Dr Joseph Tsang told RTHK that Taipo residents could also try working from home for the next one to two weeks. He said private doctors should also be alerted that if they see any Taipo residents with respiratory symptoms, they should advise them to test for the coronavirus. What we need to do right now is to urge the people in Taipo be alert, stay vigilant, uh, keep observe their personal hygiene, try as much as they can to avoid eating outside, dining outside, minimize their social uh, life activities as much as possible. In the meantime, they can also discuss with their employers whether they are allowed to work at home instead in the, re- in the coming one to two weeks' time. There were long queues in Taipo as the government set up three coronavirus testing stations to collect saliva specimens following the spate of infections there. At one of the testing stations in Kwong Fuk Estate, a 90-year-old man was the first in line. He said he was worried about getting infected. He said he arrived half an hour before the facility opened at 10am. Another resident said she's worried too because her family are always out and about in the district. The government has made it clear that the aviation rights released by the now-defunct Cathay Dragon may not necessarily go back to Cathay Pacific. The flag carrier shut down its regional subsidiary last month as part of a massive cost-cutting drive. At a special panel meeting in Ledgeco, government officials were asked about the aviation rights. A Deputy Secretary for Transport and Housing, Wallace Lau, said Hong Kong-registered airlines could apply for the routes. He spoke for an interpreter. We would consider factors such as um, whether Hong Kong's status as an aviation hub could benefit and overall factors, and then we would look to allocate such rights. So basically, it is not a given that Cathay Pacific can secure all the relevant rights of Cathay Dragon. Lawmaker Jeremy Tam urged the government to factor in whether airlines applying for Cathay Dragon's aviation rights would give priority to Hong Kong people when recruiting staff. The Civic Party member moved a motion during the meeting calling for that, 
calling for that and was backed by more than half of the lawmakers present. Are you hiring locals? Do you hiring enough locals? Particularly in the past, let's say for pilots, immigration department is just you know easily you know handing out those um, working visa for the overseas pilots because Hong Kong is uh, you know you don't have enough you know local pilots. That is understandable, but that should not be the case. You know, in maybe in the next two or three years, because currently we have 650 pilots out of jobs. And out of those, over 50% of them are actually, you know, Hong Kong ID holders. Several green groups are urging the public to support keeping as sea the area the government plans to reclaim for a massive artificial island. Planning-wise, waters to the east of Lantau near Kao Yi Chow are now zoned for building a container port. And a Ping Chow resident has applied to keep the 3.2 square kilometre site for marine use. The town planning board is inviting views on this until Friday. Designing Hong Kong CEO Paul Zimmerman says people should support the conservation of the area. There is enough land for Hong Kong's development. We got an entire new territories with very incompatible, inefficient land users. We have enough land for our development needs. A unionist has criticised the government for dragging its feet over the scrapping of the so-called MPF offsetting mechanism, as the administration decided recently it would not introduce an amendment bill to LegCo until its next term. The controversial mechanism allows employers to use their MPF contributions to cover workers' severance and long service payments. Bill Tang of the Federation of Trade Unions said he's very disappointed with the government's decision. He said MPF contributions worth $1.5 billion had already been used by companies to offset workers' severance and long service payments in the first quarter. He expected the figure would hit a record high during the economic downturn this year. After two years, we have not seen any actual process, especially the government uh, has our responsibility to raise their, their amendment bill to let go. For government, the reasons uh, are responded. They decide not to propose the, the bill uh, in this year. We are very, very disappointed. Taiwan's foreign ministry says it's yet to receive an invite to a key World Health Organization meeting this week, expected to focus on the COVID-19 pandemic due to obstruction from China. The U.S. mission in Geneva last week urged the WHO to invite Taiwan to the World Health Assembly. Taiwan said it strongly regretted the obstruction and the WHO's continuing neglect of the health and human rights of its 23.5 million people. Figures compiled by Johns Hopkins University in the U.S. show the number of coronavirus cases worldwide has passed 50 million. The United States still has the most recorded cases, with just under 10 million testing positive. India and Brazil are in second and third place. Over the past month, there's been a surge in the number of people testing positive, with the United States breaking its own record nearly every day last week. There's also been an acceleration in the number of cases in Europe. It's now reported 12 million cases, making it the worst affected region in the world. Chinese state media have struck an optimistic tone in editorials reacting to Joe Biden's US presidential election win, saying relations could be restored to a state of greater predictability and could start with trade. But the state-backed Global Times acknowledged the United States was unlikely to ease pressure on issues such as Xinjiang and Hong Kong. 
It added that China must become a country the U.S. cannot suppress or destabilize. Meanwhile, the China Daily said reviving trade talks was critical to restoring some understanding and trust in Sino-U.S. ties. There's so far been no official reaction from Beijing to Joe Biden's win. Meanwhile, Joe Biden's team is pressing ahead with preparations for him to take office, including launching a transition website today. He'll name members of a task force he's setting up to tackle the coronavirus pandemic. He's also preparing a series of executive actions to be implemented as soon as he takes office in January. They include informing the UN that America wishes to rejoin the global effort to combat climate change. The former US President George W. Bush has congratulated Joe Biden on his election victory, but other senior Republicans have refused to acknowledge the result of the ballot. President Trump has continued to question the integrity of the vote, sending out another barrage of tweets claiming the vote had been stolen. He's provided no evidence to support his claim. Speaking on Fox News, the US Senator Lindsey Graham urged Republicans to keep fighting. There's a lot of shenanigans going on here. If I were President Trump, I would take all this to court. I'd fight back. And from a Republican point of view, mail-in balloting is a nightmare for us. The post office is now the new election center. It's the wild, wild west when it comes to mail-in balloting. Everything we worried about has come true. The Democratic Senator Chris Coons, who's tipped to become Secretary of State in the Biden administration, was asked what he thought Donald Trump would do next. You know, I have no earthly idea. Um, my hope is that he will surprise us all uh, by making a gracious and appropriate transition to his successor uh, and returning to his private pursuits in business. And I'll simply leave it there. That is what I hope he does. The Iranian foreign minister, Javid Zarif, has called on his country's Arab neighbours to embrace dialogue as the only way to end tensions and differences in the wake of President Trump's defeat in the election. Hostility between the US and Iran has reached a new high under Mr Trump. Here's the BBC's Sebastian Asher. Javed Zarif has written his appeal to Iran's hostile Arab neighbours in Arabic. He tells them that President Trump is gone and it's time to realise that betting on foreigners does not bring security and only cooperation can achieve the common interests of the region. The Iranian foreign minister's tweet is partly aimed at the new US administration. Joe Biden was, after all, vice president under Barack Obama, who sealed the 2015 Iran nuclear deal. It was one of Mr Obama's proudest foreign policy achievements and as such swiftly trashed by his successor. The president of Azerbaijan, Ilham Aliyev, says he doesn't see much prospect of peace with Armenia under its current leadership. But he said his forces would stop fighting immediately if Armenia withdrew from occupied territories surrounding the disputed enclave of Nagorno-Karabakh. Here's the BBC's Ola Gerin. Azerbaijan's long-time leader, President Ilham Aliyev, was sounding confident. He told us the opportunities for compromise are shrinking because Baku is reclaiming territories by force. President Aliyev said he didn't think there was any possibility for peace with the current Armenian Prime Minister, Nikol Pashinyan. He insisted that Armenian civilians would be able to remain in Nagorno-Karabakh and said any fears of ethnic cleansing were groundless. To finance news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,144. That's 431 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $95 billion. 
To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 103.39 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 18 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 22 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Atom Jung. We start with NFL football. Drew Brees won the battle of star quarterbacks as the New Orleans Saints went into Tampa Bay and demolished the Buccaneers 38-3. The Bucs didn't score until the fourth quarter while their quarterback Tom Brady was picked off three times. Brees passed for 223 yards and four touchdowns in the win. The Saints improved to 7-2, and two, overtaking the Bucks for first place in the NFC South. The reigning Super Bowl champions Kansas City Chiefs improved to 8-1 after a narrow 33-31 victory over the Carolina Panthers. Patrick Mahomes passed for 372 yards and four touchdowns for the Chiefs. And the Pittsburgh Steelers rally passed the Dallas Cowboys 24-19 to remain the only unbeaten team in the NFL. The Steelers set a franchise record of eight wins in a row to start the season. Now to a stunning result from the English Premier League. Aston Villa paid a visit to Arsenal and came out 3-0 winners at the Emirates. The visitors pulled away with two goals from Ollie Watkins in a span of three second-half minutes. Villa moved to sixth in the table. Here's their boss, Dean Smith. I thought it was a super performance um, and the ple- most pleasing aspects for me was uh, the work without the ball as well because to come to the Emirates you have to be good without the ball, they're so good at passing the ball through, through the lines, they've scored the most goals from open play from the goalkeeper so you know um, we had to set traps for them and the football did it really well but players worked extremely hard and we created some really good chances so overall you know, really pleased. Liverpool and Manchester City drew one all in a clash of title contenders at the Etihad. The reigning champions would have gone top of the table with a win, but a brilliant equaliser from City's Gabriel Jesus erased an early Mo Salah penalty. Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp says he was pleased with the energy shown by his team. I like the performance. It was a uh... An interesting, very interesting game. A lot of tactical stuff on the pitch, but filled with um, legs and life and energy and stuff like both teams played on an incredible energy level. Leicester City are top of the table after a Jamie Vardy penalty gave them a 1-0 home win over Wolves. Leicester have won six in a row. Here's their boss, Brendan Rodgers. Second half, Wolves obviously come into the game more and then you have to show that resilience that you need to win football games. And even though they, they didn't have clear chances, they had one opportunity where it was a great save by Casper, you know. And, but other than that, we didn't give away so much. So, um, But you've got to concentrate right to the very end. So yeah, an outstanding result for us. In the early game, second place Tottenham beat West Brom 1-0 thanks to a late goal from Harry Kane, his 150th in the Premier League. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. And that's the news in sport from RTHK. I tried to discover a little something to make me sweeter. Oh, baby,
afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Monday afternoon. Monday, the 9th of November, is today's date. And we have a really busy program today. So many thanks, sir, to, F- to Phil Whelan for the morning brew. Just after half past one, we'll be chatting with Jeff Clapp, who is the director of the One City, One Book Hong Kong, which is a community reading program organized by the Education University of Hong Kong. And this year, they'll be working with the Hong Kong International Literary Festival to organize a joint event called My City, Our City. And so we'll hear more from Jeff what it's about and all about this wonderful initiative, One City, One Book Hong Kong. And after the two o'clock news, we'll be chatting with fitness coach Nathan Sawyer about accountability and why having someone holding you accountable to your fitness goals can actually help you achieve your results. And finally, after 2.30, this week on Trash Talk, Marcy Trentlong speaks to Doug Woodring uh, from the Ocean Recovery Alliance and also Andrea Richet of the Hong Kong Shark Alliance.